In the chorus, it almost sounds like a contradiction. His power can make you what you ought to be. And his blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. We cherish freedom. We oftentimes misunderstand freedom, particularly in light of what the scriptures teach. It's not the freedom to do what we wish, the freedom that we have from the guilt of sin and the consequences of sin within our life, that as we repent of those, we're free from that consequence. We live at a time in our country when we celebrate the Declaration of Independence. And if you have not read that Declaration in some time, some of us had to do it in school and memorize portions of it, but if you have not read that, you need to read that. You need to catch a glimpse of what is going on and what was being said Appreciate the comments of Norman this morning. Those men who signed this declaration, I believe, would be absolutely appalled at where that has gone today. I do not believe that they would have ever considered that what they were signing their name to would lead to a country making decisions that are totally contrary to what God would have us to do. But as I was reading through it, it kind of caught my mind or my thought. Outside of a word or two, you could almost say, this is what we find in the religious world. I'll read a portion of it and I'll substitute the word political for the word religious. When in the course of human events, it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the religious bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth separate and equal stations to which the laws of nature and nature's God entitled them. Appropriate respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. Sounds like the religious world, does it not? We are free to separate ourselves from any other religious or any other, for their case, political party to do what we believe we ought to do. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they're empowered by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these are life, liberty, and the one everybody wants, that pursuit of happiness. There is a freedom, but there is a price for that freedom. And again, if you read it, it's interesting to read. You can make a few substitutions in there. And you could almost say that this would have an application today as well. But freedom has a price. Just recently, 
An individual was convicted of murder because of road rage. And his statement at the time, or before, as he made confession, was, when you are road-raged, you need to road-rage back. So he shot and killed an individual. There's a price to pay. He was sentenced to 50 years in prison. Just simply because he wanted to exercise his freedom to do what he wanted to do. We haven't changed in our life. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We want our definition of freedom in there. Without that concept of complete surrender to the will of God is what gives us freedom not to do as we wish, but to have freedom from sin or the consequences of sin within our life. We need to think very carefully about a life that we live and the things that we do, how we conduct ourselves, how we view who we are. In the auditorium class this morning, we were looking in 1 John chapter 4, in the first four verses there at least. John says, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they be from God. Not every spirit is from God. We have a responsibility and an obligation to test the spirits. We will draw our own conclusions. But as we draw our own conclusions, there is an understanding that there is also a consequence for the conclusions that we draw. We need to be striving to be sure that those consequences would be those that would bring an honor and a glory and a respect to God above. We want freedom, but we fail to understand that we are servants of God. Jesus said in verse 34, Jesus answered them, Most assuredly I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. Paul would remind us in Romans 6, verses 16 through 18, that we are to become a slave of righteousness. The fact simply is we are a slave, either to God or to Satan. The choice is ours. It's happened from the beginning, from the Garden of Eden. Someone was making comments this morning about that back page article. I encourage you to read that. You see, choices that individuals have made based upon whose voice they were willing to listen to but to see the consequences. There is no way that Eve could ever conceive of the consequences of that choice. No way that Cain would conceive of the consequences of his choice. Or Nadab and Abihu and on the list can go. 
Whose voice are you listening to? There is no absolute freedom. We want to celebrate our freedom, but there are consequences for not listening to the right voice and the celebration of those freedoms. We're individuals, we believe, and as individuals we have the right to make our choices of what we want to do. But with every choice that we make, there is a consequence. Every decision we make, every action that we take, there is a consequence. Are they going to enable us to draw closer to God? Are they going to enable others to draw closer to God? We are a people without a doubt that are influenced by those with whom we associate. The world knows that. God knows that. That's why both of them tell us to associate with those with whom you want to be associated with. Those in the world say associate with us, do the things that we do, suffer the consequences as well. God tells us to associate with good people, to have the fellowship with one another. Hebrews 10, 24 and 25. That we are to provoke one another to love and to good works. That comes by our association with each other, of our provoking or encouraging one another. One of the few times the word provoked is used, used in a good sense. Provoke one another into love and to good works. We do that by our association together. We're reminded that no one lives to himself, no one dies to himself. Whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. We belong to Him. We're to edify one another, encourage one another in this walk through this world as we live for Christ. Serve Him. Anticipate, long for that eternal home with Him one day. Changes are being made. They're made every day. But changes are being made. And how we are to view one another. How we are to view the body of Christ. How we are to view the commission that has been given to the body of Christ. To be that light that shines in the world. And to be the one that scatters the seed, waters upon it. And brings, allow God to bring forth the increase but to be about the Lord's business. We handed out last week some goals for the congregation. We've encouraged you, we'll continue to encourage you not to simply place this in your Bible or to place it someplace in home and forget about it. There is not an item on this sheet that does not have a direct application to every member of the Lord's body here. There are things that you can do. There are some things that you cannot do. Women cannot serve as deacons or as elders 
but they have a direct application and striving towards that goal of encouraging others to see their responsibility to serve in that particular role. The three main areas, again, are reaching out, building up, and shining. And again, I want you to pray about each item. I want you to reflect upon each item. I want you to consider where you can plug in to each item. Understand the limitations that God has placed upon us? Yes. But to realize there are some things that we indeed can do in each of those items that would help to build the body of Christ, that would help to glorify the name of God, that would enable others to be able to see the truth that can set them free from the bondage of sin in order to become a servant of righteousness. The first item there is reaching out. Under the first item of reaching out is to baptize five souls by July 2018. You as a servant of God are to go forth and to scatter the seed of God's word. The parable of the sower in Luke 8. You scatter it on pathways, you scatter it on rocky soil, you scatter it on thorny soil, you scatter it on good soil. You scatter the seed. First Corinthians 3 will talk about the fact that as Paul talks about him in Apollos, one will plant, another will water. But it's God who gives the increase. There's a job that you can do in simply scattering the seed. There are so many different ways that that can be done. The words that you speak, the deeds that you do, you're talking to others, the brochures, the information, the confrontations that you make, and wanting to share the gospel with those who stand in need. To believe, and to believe that if you honestly, sincerely petition God on a daily basis, for this particular goal as well as the others. God is the one who gives the increase. Who would have thought that a eunuch who was in charge of the queen's treasury, who had a commitment to God, so much so that he was willing to make a trip, a trip from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to worship God. And that as he would be returning, that there would be one who would leave a, a seemingly very productive ministry in Galilee, in, in Samaria, excuse me, in Samaria, and be told to go and talk to one man. And that he would hear, believe, confess, 
to be baptized and to go on his way rejoicing. The influence of that one man would be felt for generations and decades and centuries as time would follow, as would be all of the cases that we have. The impact would go around the world of the influence. It had crossed my mind at one time to lead the song, Lead Me to One Soul Today, but I thought better of it. But listen to those words and read them. Lead me to one soul today. Lord, teach me just what to say. Friends of mine are lost in sin and don't know where to go. Melt my heart and lead me to one soul today. Is that a prayer of yours? Let's lead me to one soul. You never know, you never know that that one deed that you did today may not bear fruit. In your lifetime. But indeed it may. God gives the increase. We stress the sower and the one who waters so much we forget this God who gives the increase. We're so concerned about what we are doing or may be doing or how we do it that we forget it's God who gives the increase. Read the scriptures. Isaiah was told to go and prophesy. He said, but I'm just a youth. No excuse. God can use whoever we are. Doing whatever we can do to bring honor and glory to his name. Are we willing to do it? Under building up the first one there, it's increased member involvement by 5% by January 2018. Involvement, that's you. Increase involvement. If you're praying for God to increase the involvement of the members, are you praying or are you understanding you're also praying about yourself? How is God going to answer that prayer? If you are praying for more involvement of the members of the congregation, how is God going to answer that prayer? Is he going to stir somebody else up and let you escape free? If you're asking for more involvement as a goal of this congregation, what are you going to do? And seeing that that comes about. What opportunities are presented for you to be involved How many works of this congregation do you know about? How many works of this congregation do you care about? How many works of this congregation are you involved in? Because it's not just a work. Because it's a work for the Lord. It's His body. That needs to be strong. 
Number one, under shining. Schedule monthly Sunday, 5 p.m. singing classes to begin in September of 2017. That's coming up. Are you going to pray about our singing? And avoid any opportunity that we have to improve our singing? And it's not just for improving singing. It's improving fellowship. Taking advantage of those opportunities for fellowship. Oh, we're going to let that slide by as well. I use it. Others use it as well. I I believe in making the joyful noise unto the Lord. may not be joyful for you, but it is to me. But are we going to look at what we can do? Again, this is you. This is you. What are you doing with this? What are you doing with it? What do you plan to do with it? How many of this simply checked off? No, that one. That, no, I don't know. No, I don't like. No, I don't like that one either. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. You have a part in. I'm a servant of the Lord. I'm a slave of Christ. Jesus said, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. This is filled with commandments of God. Edify, build up, encourage, reach out. Filled with commandments of God. If you love me, keep my commandments. This is the body of Christ. How healthy, how strong, how vibrant. How outreaching do you want that body to be? The choices, again, are ours. But understand plainly and clearly, every choice that you make has consequences. What choices are you making? The first one may be as we sing the song. Bring Christ to your broken life. So marred by sin. He will create anew. It's he who does the creating anew. But he creates anew as we do the surrendering to him. 
Bring Christ to your broken life, so marred by sin. He will create anew and make whole again. Your empty, wasted years. He will restore. And your iniquities. He'll remember no more. Maybe it's that first step you need to take. Or it may be the one to become the child of God. Maybe that one to renew that life in Christ Jesus again. That's where we start. It's not just singing the song. We, excuse me. We teach and we admonish one another in our singing. We're teaching each other in our singing. We desire, above all else, to be faithful children of the living God, glorifying Him and striving towards eternity with Him one day. If your life is not where it needs to be, if you need to make a change in that life, indeed we bid you to come as together we stand and sing.